equality over each of our lives as women and to encourage one another by sharing our stories. My name is Sophie and today I'm joined by Erica. Hello. <laughs> Erica from America. Erica from America. <laughs> I think Ben might have asked me to say that. <laughs> Don't worry, it was already on the list of things <laughs> to mention. Perfect. Um, so, first of all, can you tell us a bit about who you are? Yeah, so I'm Erica. I'm from America. Um, and so I came to Kingston about a year ago to study my master's in data science and finished in September. Um, and so just hanging out until until I got to go home. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Um, and where, whereabouts are you from in the US? So I'm from Texas. Um, kind of moved around a lot, but predominantly Texas. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Um, so we're going to start with you telling us a bit about your family backgrounds and how you were brought up. So could you line that out for us? Yeah, so I um, grew up in a Christian home and don't really remember a time when I didn't know who Jesus was. Um, was in Sunday school from pretty much birth and um, always at church anytime the doors were open. And so I think I knew who Jesus was and I, somewhere in a Bible it's written like Erica accepted Christ at age five or something like that. Um, we went to a Baptist church so I was baptized at age seven because they baptize you really young. Um, and But I think it was probably about eight or nine years old where um, I started to like really realize the need for a savior mm-hmm. and for Jesus. Um, and I was at a summer camp and I just remember having that, that feeling of really brokenness and mm-hmm. um, just kind of the conviction of sin and the fact that I was in need of a savior. Um, and then that's kind of when it clicked as to why Jesus needed to live a perfect life and to um, die a gruesome death. And so from then, it was all, all uphill. So a lot of my story, because I was so young, I don't have a, a lot of like pre-Christ memories. Mm-hmm. Most of them are more of a sanctification and a growing in Him kind of process throughout my life. But wow, okay. So your your family was a church-going family as well. Yeah, yeah. So my um, my dad goes. He's not like the most involved, but he does go every week. And then my mom um, and sister are both believers and involved in church and um, have been pretty consistent as well my whole life um, so that's all, that's been nice to have that as a family mm. to kind of grow together oh great okay yeah. um right okay so obviously you've grown up since then well it would be nice if you took us through um you know how how that develops for you and then how how that process of sanctification happens for you really um but I think maybe before that, sorry, um, how, what was it like between these years? So you said you kind of, it kind of felt like you accepted things age five, but then mm-hmm. it didn't really mean much until you were a little bit older. Can you tell us a little bit about maybe something you learned in that time or how, how that developed really? Yeah, I think, um, I think the biggest thing is looking back. I mean, as a kid, it's hard to like, um, know about you know good or bad or whatever but I can just see the biggest thing I think I noticed a change in was just friendships and how I treated people um and not that I was necessarily like mean or a bully but there were just things where I look back and I'm like oh that probably wasn't the kindest thing or the best way to handle that situation or um things like that and so I think my friendships really changed a lot that's kind of like the biggest 
indicator at the time of <laughs> where yeah. there was a bit of a switch. Um, but then after that, um, yeah, I think after that, the Lord kind of opened my eyes to other people and just the need that, um, the needs that other people have and that it's not really all about me. Um, and so that it was kind of cool to see that process change as I got older as well and, um, moving around different places and, and different churches and stuff. Mm, all right. Okay. Where did you move to? Um, so I was born in Houston and then lived in Houston and Dallas till I was about eight. Mm. And then we moved to New Mexico for five years. Um, mm. and we're in a pretty like solid church in New Mexico. And so thankfully had a really good foundation between like eight and 12 or 13 years old, um, of just like scripture and, um, good Sunday school lessons and stuff like that. And then after that, we moved to Pittsburgh and our church was a little more charismatic and a little more, um, feeling. Mm. So Pittsburgh tends to be either very Catholic or very charismatic. And there's not a lot of like sound Bible teaching. Mm. Um, and so during that time of my life, I felt like my faith was a lot more, um, kind of just like floating on my own. And so it wasn't that I doubted God or anything like that, but I didn't really have community. Mm. Um, my school friends were all either Catholic or just openly rejecting Christ and had no desire to have any part of church or anything. Um, and then my church friends were like more charismatic than me and, um, didn't really understand where I was coming from. And so there was a battle of, okay, well, I don't really fit into either of these groups. Um, but the Lord used that a lot to grow me and, um, actually encourage me to like dig into the word for myself and figure out what he's saying and what the purpose of it is. Yeah. Okay. How old were you at the time? Um, so this would have been between like 13 and 18 years old. Um, so like true yeah, high school. That's quite, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's quite, um, weirdly enough, I guess that's an important time to be thinking yeah. for yourself, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, that's great. Um, what, what about the people around you? I mean, you said your family was Christian, but what about your friends at school or other people that you encountered? How do they respond to your faith and to you going to church regularly and everything like that? Yeah, I think people definitely thought it was weird, <laughs> especially I played sports, and so all of my um, sports teammates would just be like, that's really weird. Uh, why are you going to church? If I ever invited people to things, they'd be like, uh, no. <laughs> it was just kind of that open rejection of like, okay, that's fine that you want to do that, but like, keep it away from me. Um, but I actually had a French teacher at the time who was a Christian and he found out that I was and uh, really encouraged me in my faith and was like, I can't say things cause it's a public school, but if you bring it up, I can respond. Um, which was cool because I hadn't really, I think because I was in such a isolated Christian bubble, I did have some Christian friends, but overall, um, a lot of my friends were not believers, and so I didn't really know what to do or, like, how to approach that, and he was really good about encouraging me to, you know, step out and be a light in such a dark school, so. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I try to do the same, but it's very <laughs> limited sometimes. Yeah, it um, is hard. Yeah. Okay, uh, great. Um, so I wonder if you can take us through, I mean, I guess just chronologically, um, the, the next few years of your life when you went off to university maybe on, and then when you arrived here whether there were things that um, changed in your faith or in your understanding of things or maybe some things you've grown um, 
into, I guess, yeah. um, or or that God has developed in you throughout time. If you, if you don't mind. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I think I, university was a big change for me. Um, I went back to Texas, so my family was still living in Pennsylvania. Um, so I was pretty far away, didn't get to go home on the weekends or anything. Um, but because of that, was able to get really involved in a local church in Texas and called Shishin. Um, and ended up finding a church that was very biblically sound and very... Um, they had really awesome Bible studies. They would write these Bible studies, and they because the town I lived in was very much a university town, they really focused on students. Um, and for the first time, I learned you know how to do an inductive Bible study and how to um, look at the ancient texts and compare, you know, what does the Greek say and what is the translation, and um, just really like interpret scripture and understand it. And so I think with that, that was huge and my faith and just my understanding of who Christ was. Because I feel like before that I had, I knew who God was and I had convictions, but I didn't necessarily have ways to back them up. Mm. Um, And so that stage of my life was really instrumental in helping me to know how to defend the Bible and why we should defend the Bible. Um, And at the same time, our church in Pittsburgh started getting more charismatic and my family um, I kind of pointed out, like, there are some differences. Like, now that I'm in a different church, some things are kind of weird. Mm-hmm. And my mom had been feeling those convictions a little bit, too. Um, and so ended up they ended up leaving the church partially mm-hmm. because of um, things I was learning at my university church, which was um, really hard but really cool because it brought us all closer to God in the long run, mm-hmm. um, which was yeah. great. And, and I guess asking these big questions mm-hmm. that sometimes we kind of leave aside a little bit because, oh, I have faith, it's enough. But actually, do I know how to present my faith to others? And, yeah. yeah, that's very interesting. Did you feel that that changed the way you talk to people about your faith around you a little bit or they were maybe better equipped to engage with their questions or they, their comments or things like that? Yeah, I think the biggest change was just um, I felt confident in evangelism in a way that I hadn't in the past. Like before, I felt like my church, and I had to invite people to church for them to be able to see God because I didn't really know what to say on my own um, other than just like, oh, Jesus died for your sins, and that was kind of it. Like if they didn't accept it right mm-hmm. there, there wasn't a whole lot of extra discussion I felt like I could go into. Um, but then after doing all these Bible studies and reading um, the Gospels and all of Paul's letters and just having that to go off of, it made conversation so much easier. Um, yeah. One of my best friends, I remember she kept coming to me with questions and was like kind of there. And um, I felt like for the first time I had answers to her questions, which was really cool. And so she's a believer now. And um, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Oh, wow. Nice. It's just still <laughs> in the U.S. as well. Yeah, she is. So nice. Oh, that's great. Um, okay, and so obviously you've you've been in the UK for about a year, and I wonder, so first of all, wh- why did you come to the UK? <laughs> well, that's, Random question. <laughs> no, that's like, it's the question everyone asks. Um, the real reason, there, there are kind of two reasons. Um, programs in the US required a lot of prerequisites, and mm-hmm. so it would have been an extra year of studying, plus the master's or two years, so it would have been like three years of studying, and I mm-hmm. just didn't necessarily want to take three years off of work. Um, and then also it's about a third of the price to come here. 
And so I figured, you know what? Might as well get an adventure out of it. And yeah. Let's go exactly. for it. <laughs> and then you ended up in Cornerstone. And then I ended up here. <laughs> <laughs> um, how did you hear about Cornerstone, actually? Did someone tell you about it? Or? Um, no. So I had been Googling when... <laughs> kind of before when I was looking at coming over here, I was just searching churches in the area um, because I I know Europe as a whole is a little more post-Christian. And so I was like, I don't want to get over there. And there are like no Christians at all. And I'm mm. just isolated and miserable. Um, and so ended up in Kingston because I had found several churches in the area that seemed pretty normal. And I was like, OK, that's encouraging. Um, that seems like a good start. And so Cornerstone was one of them, and it happened to be five minutes from where I lived. And yeah. I was like, this is perfect. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's great. Yeah, amazing. Can you tell us a little bit um, if there are any things that you spotted that were quite different, maybe, I mean, maybe at church or, or mm -hmm. just in general in the culture that maybe you found a bit difficult at first or a bit challenging? Um, I mean, the church culture is very different, but I think in a, in a good way. Mm -hmm. um, most of the churches in the U.S. are much larger, and so it's really hard to get to know people quickly. Mm -hmm. um, so I remember showing up the first Sunday and thinking, okay, I'll sit in the back row and I'll like listen to the sermon, and then I'll sneak out before anyone talks to me, and that way I can like form my thoughts about the sermon and whether or not it was good <laughs> without mm -hmm. any like commitment. Um, and that didn't happen. I ended up having everyone grab me and, oh, you have to meet so-and-so and you have to meet this person. And I think we met, no, I don't know if we met the first time you came. It was pretty early. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, it was almost overwhelming because I've never been in a church that mm. is so welcoming. Um, most of the time, even churches that I attended, had attended for years, you could kind of sneak in the back and mm. sneak right out. Um, And I think because of that, my faith, and just kind of like I was saying earlier with high school and stuff, my faith was very, like, individualized. Um, and I hadn't fully realized how amazing it is to be part of the body of Christ and of a body that's functioning so well. Mm. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, do you think that's going to change the way you go to church in the U.S. now? Is that going to change maybe, I don't know, the way you, you maybe approach newcomers or, or come to them or... Yeah. I mean, yeah. it might be difficult because <laughs> if there's a lot of people, it's still difficult. To yeah. And so that's something I would always... Um, I would always try to reach out to people or just talk to new people at church mm. before coming here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's that kind of difficulty if people don't always want to reciprocate or like they don't want you talking to them because they want to sneak in the back row and sneak yeah. out without any commitment. Um, so I think... The biggest thing, and one of my friends back home and I talk about this all the time because um, we go to the same church in Houston and um, just how it is hard to meet people and have community. And she's actually been going to a church, a church plant that's like 20 people because um, and so I could see going for more of that style church um, just for the community aspect. I think before I was a little scared of smaller churches because I thought, oh, they don't have as much to offer. But after being here, and I know Cornerstone by England standards is probably a bigger church, but to me it's so small. <laughs> um, and I think there's so much more to offer with a smaller church and just really knowing people. Yeah, and if I compare with France, it's basically twice the size of a big church in France. <laughs> really? Pretty much, yeah. Wow. So, well, not maybe not everywhere, but there are some big churches. But the churches I experienced, It was a hundred people maximum. Wow. And that was actually quite a stretch. Um, so that was still a shock for me. Yeah. 
I think my smallest was probably five or six hundred people on a mm. Sunday. That's a lot. And then, yeah, and that, that you do need, that's when you need smaller groups, don't you? Mm-hmm. So would you have home groups in the U.S. actually? Yeah, so they do have, have home groups. The problem with Houston in particular is everything is so spread out. And because mm. the churches, there's a, a really big range of churches and what they teach. And um, so there aren't necessarily a ton of really Bible-centered churches. And so people will drive from all over Houston to the church I was going to. Um, and so you can have someone in your home group that lives 45 minutes to an hour from you with traffic. Yeah. So like the practicality of actually doing stuff outside of a Sunday, it gets a little hard, mm-hmm. um, which I think kind of adds to the level of community. So it's like, I d- you do have community. There are friends, but you're limited in how much time you can actually spend interacting with them. Mm, yeah. It's just really interesting how it just works out differently in different countries, isn't it? Uh, obviously the U.S. being more spread out right. anyway with <laughs> quite a lot of people as well. You just kind of have different patterns. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's really interesting. Um, is there anything that you feel you've learned in particular at Cornerstone, for example, that maybe you hadn't encountered before or that the Lord reminded you of um, in your time here? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is just... Um, just this past year, uh, he's really taught me to pray boldly and to trust in him. Um, I mean, you know, moving to a country, a new country is stressful and there's a lot of change and a lot of differences. And, um, so just with that, that was a lot of a trust exercise. Um, but then things I prayed for that he's answered, like I remember before I came, it was like July and I was praying like, okay, Lord, give me somewhere to go for Christmas because I don't want to be in this country by myself, but like, I probably won't go home because it was still kind of early in COVID and just figured it'd be a little risky to yeah. um, try going home and felt really silly praying that at the time. But then he answered that prayer through Cornerstone and um, has answered so many other prayers from some of them from way long before and some that seem really small. Um, yeah. But we were talking at the, the Sisters Act like table groups about mm prayer I guess it was last month or whenever the last session was um and everyone at my table was like we always feel like we can't ask God for the really big things because that's bothering him but then the really small things seem silly too and um I think the biggest thing I've learned is just like ask him for everything like he delights in answering our prayers no matter how big or small um and that's been really cool to see yeah yeah for sure (laughs) that's great um it feels, I don't know. Um, yeah, so obviously you're going to return to the U.S. soon. Can you tell us a little bit about what your plans are? Yeah, yeah so I um, have unfortunately booked up one-way plane ticket for the end of the month. Um, so <laughs> I know. So I'll be going home and um, staying with my parents and continuing to look for jobs. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, excited to go and catch up with family and friends, but definitely sad to leave. <laughs> Yeah, you have to come back. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so you haven't got job prospects just yet, but you'd be looking into that. Yeah, yeah. So I've kind of, um, most of the companies I've had responses from have been U.S., so it just kind of made more sense mm-hmm. to go back there and keep looking. Um, I think a lot have kind of hit hiring freezes or it's the end of the year, so everyone kind of slows down. Yeah. So hopefully in the beginning of in next the, year, yeah. yeah, we'll start kind of picking up again. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, well, let's see what God does next. Exactly. I'm like, he's answered all the other prayers. I'm sure this one will be fine. <laughs> exactly. Um, right. I guess to finish with, um, 
Is there any advice you would like to give to perhaps younger Christians? I mean, you are pretty young yourself, but <laughs> it feels like having been a Christian for quite a few years mm -hmm. now um, that you've you know matured through it and all of that. So, yeah, any advice you would like to share or things to remind mm -hmm. us of, maybe? Yeah, I think just um, one to pray big things and small things and all the things, but then also to remember that like scripture is sufficient for um, whatever worries or fears. Um, all of the answers we need are in the Bible and you can find them. Um, and just like, it's a joy to be able to sit down in the word and really hear from God every day. Um, so do that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, thank you so much, Erica, yeah. for joining us today. Thanks for having me. <laughs> And thank you everyone for listening to Sister Stories. Um, this is the end of this episode, but join us again next time.